Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Rise and shine. You're on with the zoo time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you last week? All last week, we started off shaking the Monday morning blues with the due time crew. And, oh, we had a mixture of conversation regarding our relationship. Oh, we started off with the uh, husband and wife team who she decided to allow hubby to take care of the baby while she worked. To conserve money. So he was doing the babysitting thing. He was doing the babysitting thing. Well, hmm, that took an interesting turn as she had to backtrack one day only to find her husband sleeping. Baby wide awake and husband had on some headphones. Yeah, you know those are Noise reduction headphones. Yes. Well, what she did was she took the baby out of the house and she called and told him, I'm on my way home. And uh, he's looking for baby and had to call and tell her something happened to the baby. Oh, we got to call the police. And she said, uh, never mind. You ain't got to worry about all of that because I have the baby. Hmm. That didn't seem to end very well. Well, we also had that sweet revenge from the ex who was invited to the wedding of her ex-boyfriend and the woman he cheated on her with. Well, she she decided to take them up on that invitation and she brought not only one friend, but she had brought two guests. And one guest was the ex of the bride. 
And on the other arm, she had her ex that the boyfriend could not stand. Yeah, Biden room didn't have such a wonderful uh, wedding. Nah, I don't think so. Well, you know, if you want to hear a couple of other crazy relationship scenarios, please take some time to go back and listen. Well, before we finished off our Monday morning, we had our switch tip with Shanti. Don't get uncovered. Yeah, don't make sure you don't stand under uh, the umbrella that's invisible. Yes, the Lord says the rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. So he is blessing you even when you don't deserve it. So make sure that you don't decide to step from under your covering. Yes. Make sure you salute the one and acknowledge the one. All the heavenly being God who is the almighty, who ensures that we always have. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And uh, we're going to really have to make sure that we don't do anything to block our blessing. So uh, this is quite interesting last week. Wow. Let's talk about it Tuesday, church folks. They rolled around. And ooh, we're still under the banner of Love and Death, that HBO miniseries, episode six. The Big Top. Well, it was quite a circus, if I have to say for myself. When you take a look at Mrs. Candy Montgomery, when you take a look at her husband, Alan, when you take a look at the lawyer, when you take a look at the judge, when you take a look at the friend, when you take a look at the whole entire scenario, the courtroom situation, the preparation for the uh, courtroom, man, it was some kind of thinking. Mm. Well, tomorrow is the finale. Yes, sir. We are going to watch episode seven tomorrow, God spares. We're going to review it. So if you haven't seen it, make sure you check it out so you can be a part of the My Two Cents segment with us tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, we had, wow, Wednesday roll up on us and our girlfriend Vivian gave us our socially conscious segment and she talked about the family who's suing the funeral home for $60 million when they transported the body of their loved one. And uh, they told the funeral home, hey, this is not our family, not our dad. They said, absolutely it is. Absolutely, absolutely it is. They went along with the funeral only to be contacted later and told that their loved one was still 
sitting in North Carolina. So how could that be? We buried our dead. Well, uh, no, not happening. They had not actually buried their father. It was someone else. So now they are suing for $60 million. Mm. I'd love to follow up on that story. Wow. Therapeutic Thursday rolls around. And we got to talking about mm, all the things that, oh, my goodness, has something to do with your health. We talked about the man who uh, suffered illness from rat poisoning by his wife. We also talked about some other stuff. So I'm going to send you back to listen to Thursday's presentation, our show. Uh, make sure you get those health tips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Friday. Freestyle Friday rolls around. And I got to tell you, I don't think I've laughed as much as I did on Friday the way I have in the past. Oh, my goodness. The men were in their form on Friday as we talked about the commissioner, the police commissioner out in Michigan who lost his job. Why? Well, he quit. He lost. Ah, semantics. Then he hired a prostitute for $10. $10. Your job down the drain for 10 million dollars. All I can tell you is picture laughing to on and get ready to go back to Friday and get your laugh on. The men sent us into a thought-provoking weekend. Don't. You will not be the same after you listen to that episode, okay? Okay, well, today we are shaking the Monday morning blues. <laughs> we have our Dr. Gordon who will be joining us this morning. So I'm sending you to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's your time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, or really what we call juvenile inflammatory arthritis now, or idiopathic inflammatory arthritis, is, uh, can be several different conditions. There's actually three major conditions that we, that we see in that uh, age group. And basically, they're swollen joints, uh, stiff joints, uh, redness or inflammation around joints. If a kid has something like that and it persists uh, for more than a few days, uh, then that's something that really ought to be checked out. There's excellent treatments available, 
and they can prevent long-term problems. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And we are shaking the Monday morning blues. Ah, thanking God for bringing us safely into another week. And uh, how was your weekend? How was your weekend? I hope it was well. And uh, we're going to have our Dr. Pierre Gordon on. And he is our resident OBGYN, as well as our cosmetic surgeon. And uh, the conversation we're going to have today is going to be quite interesting. So, uh, we're going to get ready to receive him. But before that, you know what we do on a Monday morning. Let's just get a little health tip on. And we're talking about some snacks that we were told were healthy snacks. All right. So we're going to see how many we can get in this morning. Before we get our guest on, well, the first one that we were told was a healthy snack, Fruit Bars. Yes. Well, they say essentially they're healthy as, you know, they have quote-unquote fruit in it, but, you know, we have, they say that uh, they are made from 100% fruit. And they are a better choice than the artificial color-loaded fruit snacks, you know, from years ago. But really, it doesn't mean that they're still not sugar bombs. Yes, they're saying that typically all fruit bars are high in sugar and they're low in some of the health components that we thought. All right? So be careful that you stay away from certain food bars. Make sure you read the label. Okay? They said make sure you watch the bottled smoothies. And we talked about this before. Just because they are called smoothies, they don't necessarily mean that they are the healthiest thing. They say that... mm, they can be a deceitful mean green machine. <laughs> Alrighty. So make sure you 
uh, no, look at your ingredients again on the bottle. It may not be so healthy as you think. So uh, it could have a whole lot of sugar in it as well. So we want to make sure that we don't get deceived. Okay? Granola bars. Ooh. Well, they say half of what we consider a granola bar, it doesn't even contain granola. <laughs> but you're packing on a whole lot more calories than in a full meal. Now, why would you want to give up all your calories in a granola bar? So they say also granola bars are very, very high in sugar. So please be careful, okay? All righty. Well, it's about that time for our Dr. Gordon. So let's say good morning. Good morning, good morning. Dr. Gordon. Good morning. How, How are, are you? you over there? I am well. How are Tell you me today? Good, good, Doing good. Well. All is well. It's Monday morning. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And uh, so happy to have you back on with us today. So I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us again this morning. All righty. Well, Dr. Gordon. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. You're always such a blessing to us. We had um, some time between last time and this time for me to do a little glancing around. And there's some uh, conversations that I've been having uh, with some women, and they are talking about what happens during their menstrual cycle. So I did a little digging, and I thought it would be great if we talked about menstrual disorders this morning. So for those of us who are a little slower on the uh, understanding, you're always so great with us. Always walk, you walk us through everything so wonderfully. But before we do any of that, if there's somebody on who has no idea who Dr. Pierre Gordon is, please tell us who Dr. Pierre Gordon is this morning. Good morning, everybody. So my name is Dr. Pierre Gordon. I am a board-certified obstetrician gynecologist as well as cosmetic surgeon. I practice both in Maryland and in Miami, Florida. My passion is taking care of women, various stages of life in various ways. So that's why I'm here to share some knowledge with you. Oh, thank you so much again. So, Dr. Gordon, um, I'm looking here, and there are several types of menstrual disorders. So can you, without telling us which each one is, can you just tell us about how many disorders are there or ones that you find more prevalent? And then we'll, we'll try to do some breakdown and get some uh, questions out the way if possible. Yeah, so there are many menstrual or menstrual-related disorders um, and of various categories. So it's going to be hard to pinpoint specific ones right off the bat. Um, 
So I think I'll let your questions guide where the conversation goes. Um, but okay. we can talk as far as irregularities within the timing of uh, the periods. The conversation can go towards the amount of bleeding somebody has with the periods or symptoms that they um, have while they're having a period or some other times during the cycle. So that category of menstrual disorders has a lot that's involved there. Okay. So if okay. you want to start off with... Mm. What was that? Sure, sure, sure. No, I'm listening and I'm saying I'm, I'm sure there are quite a few different um, disorders and they're probably very vast. So one of the first ones that comes up, heavy menstrual bleeding. Mm-hmm. Now, what can you tell us All about right. that? So heavy menstrual bleeding, um, so to some degree it's subjective, meaning it will vary from person to person. The strict definition of it is someone who is bleeding more than 80 cc's during their period how much how you're really going to measure that is difficult so that's where the subjective portion comes in um we'll measure that a little bit more through history by asking how many pads somebody's going through in a day um, and how many pads they're going through in a period if somebody's using two three four pads in a 24-hour period we consider that about normal more than that having to change their pad and they're soaked every hour, every two hours, then that's likely to be someone who has heavy menstrual bleeding. Now, sometimes people will say, I have clots coming out. And clots are actually expected, and those are good. You want your body to be able to clot. If you're not clotting, then you're not going to be able to stop bleeding. But it's really more the size of the clots that would be the issue. Small clots are fine. Larger clots, um, those are likely to be seen with heavier bleeding, um, and those are actually well, the ones that are likely to cause more cramping as they're coming through the cervix. So heavy mm. menstrual bleeding, that pretty much is how we try to determine if somebody actually is having heavy menstrual bleeding. Now, of course, there are symptoms um, as in addition to just the amount of blood that's coming out. So someone who's bleeding heavily um, and who's being symptomatic basically might have dizziness um, or palpitations, chest pain, shortness of breath. So, and that usually would be an indication that your hemoglobin levels are also low. Mm. Wow. And that's because of the amount of blood you're losing, correct? That is correct. Okay, okay. I want to see, I see something about um, symptoms. What can possibly cause um, menstrual, heavy menstrual bleeding at times? And I'm looking here, and I would love for you to help us with this one of the things that they're listing is thyroid problems. And you and I talked, you know, we, since we've been talking, come across some real interesting connections 
in the body where we would never associate one with the other. Can we talk about this, this thyroid, con, um, thyroid connection to heavy menstrual bleeding? Well, I'm going to expand more than that. Um, but, yes, thyroid issues uh, certainly can cause heavy menstrual bleeding, especially somebody who is hypothyroid and not accurately treated. Um, you can have heavy menstrual bleeding. Um, also, thyroid disorders, both hyper and hypo, can cause irregularities in the timing of the periods. Um, so somebody who comes mm. in and saying, I don't have regular periods, one of the things we're going to look at is your thyroid. Um, so there certainly is that connection there. Now, heavy menstrual bleeding wow. can be due to a number of other causes as well. Um, adenomyosis, which right. we talked okay. about at this, on the show before, is one of those things where the glands that are supposed to be on the inside of uh, the uterus and that comes out go into the muscle. So not only will that cause heavy periods, that will also cause painful periods, and that's adenomyosis. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You can also have endometritis, which is an inflammation of that lining of the uterus. So if that's there, there are bacteria in there, um, that are causing inflammation, um, then, again, you can have heavier than usual bleeding. Besides that, some medications can also cause that. So tricyclic antidepressants, for example, the TCAs, those wow. can be associated with heavy menstrual bleeding. So when somebody comes in and says, I'm having a lot of bleeding, I'm going through all these pads in a day, um, and, of course, what... I would do is take a full history and see what medications that they're on. And there have been times I come across somebody who is on antidepressants. Um, and the conversation wow. goes to, so I would suggest you talk to your psychiatrist, see if there's anything else we can switch you on um, to that would still take care of um, your anxiety, depression, and hopefully decrease that bleeding. Right. So we have other organs of the body not working well. We have medications that can cause it. We have inflammatory processes that can cause heavy initial bleeding. Um, and, of course, the, there's also blood thinning. So somebody who's had a history of blood clots or somebody who has a history of atrial fibrillation who might be on Lovenox or Kumu. Um And if their INRs are a little too high, they're anticoagulating a little too much, then that problems going to come in with heavy menstrual bleeding. Okay, okay. You know, I remember the IUD coming, or at least maybe a, a form of it. I remember quite a few years ago they were telling us not to use it anymore for whatever was going on with that um, particular um, device. And then I remember it now, now you started seeing commercials and things, and now I see here that they're seeing some complications from an IUD. For those who might be using it, um, what's the connection or is there a connection from your understanding of possible heavy menstrual um, bleeding and IUD usage? Um, let me start off by saying that I think IUDs are 
very effective, and um, I like them for a number of reasons. I, there are a number of different IUDs. There are IUDs that have a small amount of hormones, just progesterone, and there are IUDs that have no hormones. It's just a copper IUD. The copper IUD can be used for up to 10 years. The progesterone IUD, depending on the brand, can be good for three years or five years. The one that has the hormone in it, the progesterone generally only works in the uterus, so it does not give the systemic effects that taking a pill would. So it's also good for that reason. Now, the copper IUD, if somebody has heavy periods to begin with, sometimes it can make it heavier. Somebody who has painful periods can experience a little bit more pain with it. Not everybody. There are people who have the copper IUDs in for 10 years. It works well. They haven't gotten pregnant. It doesn't cause them any issues. They don't have heavy periods. And there are those few people who have issues, and we have to have those addressed. So the blanket statement that they shouldn't be used, I certainly don't agree with. There are certainly indications and settings in which IUDs are very much indicated and recommended, especially somebody who just does not want to get pregnant, but they don't want to go ahead and have the tubes tied. These are long-term, effective, and reversible forms of contraception, or just controlling heavy bleeding, which um, is one of the reasons why one would use a marine IUD, the one that has the progesterone. That's actually one of the ways that we would decrease that. Okay, okay. And that's why I ask these questions, because, again, you know, it's street talk. Again, it's girlfriend talk. Again, it's personal experience and personal thought. And we have such a blessing, you know, when you get on each month because now we can ask these questions and you can dispel any myths or rumors. And you always do such a wonderful job with that, Dr. Gordon. Thank you so much. Um, you know, because you, you this is chatter. And, you know, you don't want to leave people believing you know, all of the, the talk and uh, the uh, bad advice that they're getting. So thank you for clearing um, that up for us. Last month we talked about hormonal imbalances and things like that, and is there a connection between hormonal imbalance and sometimes um, experiencing heavy menstrual um, bleeding? So, yes, there can be, and that's why I said, one, you look at the thyroid. That's one of the hormones that can be affected. Um, also, okay. not necessarily only just heavy bleeding, but prolonged bleeding. I mean, some people can bleed for a month at a oh. time or longer. Wow. Um, and it's because they have hormone imbalances. The amount of estrogen versus progesterone that their body's making is not in balance. So they're having uncontrolled, unregulated bleeding. So, again, those are hormones that I would be looking at for somebody in that, um, with that complaint. Um, and also I wanted to add some, I guess, more concerning causes of heaviness or bleeding could be endometrial hyperplasia mm-hmm. or even cancer. So those are other things that I'd be looking for and wanting to rule out. Um, with somebody who has heavy menstrual bleeding 
uh, and also depending on the age. Now, that being the case, that brings us to a condition that can be related to or even cause the head initial bleeding. Someone who wears overweight. Because as I've said before, fat mm. is metabolically active because the fat will take mm. the testosterone from the body and turn that into estrogen. So somebody who has more visceral fat will be making more estrogen than somebody who does not have as much visceral fat. So that additional estrogen is affecting the uterus, causing that endometrial lines to grow even thicker. That's where you can have other issues like endometrial hypoplasia, endometrial cancer, and you can have heavy menstrual bleeding. Wow. Wow. Boy, when I tell you we don't make these connections, Dr. Gordon, we don't make these. My goodness. Oh, boy. Okay. So one of, now you're going to have to say this word for me, Aminora, how am I saying this? Amenorrhea. 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 Okay, amenorrhea. Talk to us about amenorrhea. All right, so amenorrhea means lack of period, um, and that's related to, to oligomenorrhea, meaning few periods. Amenorrhea means not having a period at all. Oligomenorrhea means having a few periods. It could be you're having a period every three months or every four months or even once a year. Um, there can be a number of reasons for amenorrhea. All right? One could be pregnancy, especially if somebody says, comes in and says, I haven't had a period for three months, by definition should be amenorrheic, and especially if she's within the ages of um, childbearing, one of the first things I'm going to do is a pregnancy test. Um, besides that, it could be somebody who's perimenopausal, you know, depending on the age. It could be somebody who's in her late 40s or early 50s. Um, so the amenorrhea could be related to that. Um, or even premature menopause. Somebody in their early 50s, if that pregnancy test comes back negative, then I'm sort of going to look at the hormone levels to see what's going on could be also PCOS causing the uh, amenorrhea, polycystic ovary syndrome. Again, that's due to hormonal imbalances and not ovulating, so that can cause that. Besides that, um, of course, there are other endocrine disorders that will cause it. And then an IUD, a marine IUD, actually, can cause amenorrhea. And that's expected. And for some women, that's a desired effect. Some women don't want to have a period at all. So an IUD, for some people, they have no periods, no cramping, nothing. And that's completely normal because that lining is not growing because of that progesterone that's controlling that. So there are a number of reasons for amenorrhea. Some physiologic, meaning normal, and some pathologic, Yeah. Mm, all right. Now, we have, you talked about what, you touched on this before, and you were talking about cramping coming from um, clotting. Is that the only reason why we may have, you know, not only menstrual cramps, but sometimes severe menstrual cramps? 
No. Um, so cramping, the pain uh, specifically, can be due to a number of reasons. So one is endometriosis uh, versus adenomyosis. Endometriosis means the glands are outside the uterus and implanting on the walls of the pelvis and the organ of the pelvis. So that is related to a specific pattern of pain, meaning that that pain before the period starts to grow, it gets worse, and after the period, the pain goes away or it gets um, lessened. We're talking about a crescendo-decrescendo sort of pain. Um, And that's with endometriosis. Adenomyosis will have painful periods, so pain during the period. And that's due to the glands within the muscle. Um, So those two don't necessarily have to do with the cloth coming through the cervix, but that's a third scenario where basically any time anything's trying to come through the cervix, it's going to cause cramping. Um, So large clots or essentially anything coming out of there causes cramping. So those would be three of those reasons why someone might have just cramping and pain during their periods. Again, endometritis, just inflammation of the uterine lining. So that can cause it too. Okay, okay. Now, what about premenstrual syndrome? Yeah, I was waiting to see how long that one was going to come out. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, because you know that was a big one back in the day. Not much chatter about it now, as back you know, PMSing. I'm PMSing. Um, it's still a thing. People may not be talking about it very much, okay. but it's still a thing, and it's it's real. Um, okay. Okay. So, hormone levels affect your mood. Your psychiatry, period. Male or female. Right? Um, and varying levels will cause varying things. I mean, and it's, it happens. I think one of the most important things is, is being cognizant of that fact, being aware of the fact that there are going to be shifts in somebody's mood and um, psychiatry and kind of just, I guess, addressing it. And accounting for it. Um, there are a number of disorders that are associated with the period. Um, so, could be irritability, um, which a lot of people think is uh, associated with uh, premenstrual syndrome, which it is. At the same time, some people may have headaches associated with their their periods. Um, so that's what we call uh, menstrual migraines. Besides um, so that, just really, yeah, it's just really more psychiatric issues, mood-related issues. And breath control pills, for the most part, are one of the things that we're using to try to diminish some of those effects. And not only is it the symptoms, but also the timing of it. Finding a cyclic component to these issues that you're experiencing these um, these symptoms and these effects 
on a timely basis, say every four weeks or every 21 days or every 35 days or whatever your menstrual cycle might be. That's another component to that. Now, there is a difference between premenstrual syndrome versus premenstrual dysphoric disorder, if you will. I'm not sure where the literature is right now as far as making the big distinction between the two. Um, and last I checked, I think the what we're trying to do is really just to make premenstrual dysphoric disorder to be more of a milder form of premenstrual syndrome, if you will. Um, but that's pretty much where we're at. So it is a real thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, like I said, you know, years ago, man, did they put a whole lot on this PMSing and, you know, your, like you said, uh, your mood swings and, you know, and, and of course, everybody experiences different based on their body. You know, everybody's not going to have the same um, symptoms or experiences, but you don't hear you know, a lot of that chatter as much as you used to hear back in the day. And um, I do see your premenstrual dysphoric disorder um, that's coming up, you know, on this, um, on this list. And I, uh, let me see, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you a question, but I wanted to, before I got there, I wanted to ask you some other other stuff here. Now, now you know what? I want to go there now. I want to go there now. So there are some <laughs> there are some um, what do you call it? Birth control, such as the patch that not only prevents um, pregnancy but also stop your cycle. Now, before we go there, please help us understand either how important or how not important the monthly cycle is. Let's go back to that before we go that particular question that I have. So let's talk about the fact that everyone gets a cycle or should get a cycle or maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. You tell us every 30 days, 28 days, however. Let's go back to the basics before we even go as far as that question. All right. So basics are your normal menstrual cycle is between 21 and 35 days. So some people may have a period every three weeks, and that's normal. If they're having it every 14 days, that's not normal. All right. So every 21 days, 28 days, 30 days, even 35 days. You get every five weeks, and that's considered normal. So less than three weeks or more than five weeks, that's abnormal. That's either too short or too long. So that's the length of the, the period. Um, as far as the timing of bleeding, up to seven days is considered normal. Somebody should bleed more than seven days. That would be another reason for us to say that there's heavy mission bleeding, pretty long injection bleeding at that point. So 21 to 35 days, up seven days of bleeding, those are considered normal. Um, 
as far as not having a period, whether it is normal or not, depends on the reason why you're not having a period. If you're pregnant, you're not having a period. I don't expect you to. If you are bleeding, then I've got to look for other reasons. If you have an IUD in place, the marine, some people don't have a period at all for years, and that is completely normal and simple. People who are taking Depo, Depo Provera, after the second or third shot, the majority of people will not have periods at all. Again, that's an expected effect. Right? So I'm not worried about that. And even someone who might be taking continuous birth control, meaning they're only taking the active pills. So once they're done with the active pills after three weeks, they just start another pack. They don't take the placebo, they're not having the withdrawal bleeding. And if that's the way you're taking it under the direction of the doctor for whatever reason it may be, um, then again, that's normal, expected, and that is fine. Someone who doesn't fit these categories, and you don't have a reason for them to not have a period, then that's where I'm looking for pathologic um, causes. Now, that brings us to menopause or perimenopause. So, with being perimenopausal, someone may not have a period for three months, six months, and up to a year. It's once they don't have a period for a whole year, that can say that they are menopausal. So, during that time frame, I would not expect someone to have regular periods. So, Depending on how you look at it, that's physiologic. That's almost expected to be happening at the right age. Outside of those, I'm looking for pathologic reasons for that. Okay. Now, word on the street at one point, I want to put it like that, was, oh, you need to get your cycle. If you don't, it's not healthy. Um, the releasing of whatever... Your body is cleaning itself. Is that true? So, in the case of PCOS, where you have a higher amount of estrogen circulating, causing the uterus lining to grow more, and having to release, and you're just having either irregular bleeding or periods every three, four, five months, and not having that menstrual bleeding, that's the case or the thought where you would say you're not having that, you're not having menstruation, so that lining is not coming down, right? That would be the scenario in which that line of thinking might be correct. And that's where we're going to step in, your birth control pills and your hormones in order to promote the withdrawal bleeding and sort of the cleaning out of the uterine lining if you will. Outside of that, if someone's not having a period because they have a Mirena IUD, that Mirena is putting out that progesterone, which is preventing the lining from growing. Therefore, I don't expect that person to have a period. And it's completely normal and healthy and safe to not have a period with that because we are certainly controlling um, the estrogen effects. And you're not having a period is not associated with just 
that elevated estrogen that uterine line not coming out and just staying inside because it's just not growing due to the progesterone. So in that case, it's normal. So it all depends on the reason why somebody's not having a period. Okay. So if the shot or the patch or the IUD is doing a certain job, then you not having um, you not having a period is normal. So yes. okay, okay, okay. And have you found have you found where a person who does not have a cycle while using those particular devices or birth control methods. I'm sorry, Dr. Gordon. This is just like extra noisy in the background here. Um, have you found that that's been unsafe for, for anyone, even a few? Generally, uh, unless something else is going on, it, they're safe. So it really all depends on whether or not there's another um, entity at play in that scenario. Otherwise, not having a period while being on the pills or the patch, if you will, um, Depo Provera or having a marine IED, if they're not having a period and there's nothing else going on, then no, that's not an issue. Okay, okay, okay. I got so thank you. Thank you, thank you for clearing that up. I've been in quite a few conversations where it's been, you know, a lot of back and forth. You need it, you shouldn't, you know, this this is not gonna be good for you later on in life, you know, so forth and so on. So thank you for helping us understand that these uh birth control devices are actually doing other work opposed to just preventing pregnancy. Absolutely. And a lot of people are aware of that. So that's why we're in constant um, concern and questioning about, you know, oh, I don't get something that we've been told as a little girl, you know, you know, they, they watch it. You know, they're watching because, you know, not only are they watching for other reasons, and you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but they're watching because, again, <laughs> you know you know how that goes, Dr. Gordon. You know how that goes. Um, uh, absolutely. You know, but they're also watching because, uh, because, again, they're saying, well, you know, and it's always been passed down from, you know, from decades and decades that, hey, you know, if you don't get it, something's wrong and your your, your body is not clearing out. And so – Thank you for helping us with that. I have a question that has come in, which I thought was a really interesting question, and I have heard quite some time ago. And the question is, why do women experience high sex drive right before or during their period? And this also goes to, and I'm going to put it out there, after you have a baby, the sex drive is is out of the roof. What is going on with your body, Dr. Gordon? Right. Um, so 
as far as not having a period, let me just back up on that quickly. If somebody does not have a period, okay. yes, you certainly should see a doctor and have that evaluated. Once you have that evaluated, okay. they found that there is no issue for it. There is no pathology causing not having a period. Then you're fine. And no, you do not have to have a period as long as that's what you want and you're okay with. So, okay, having a period, go see your doctor. Let's figure out if it's pathologic or physiologic. If it's due to an illness okay. or if it's just normal, normal body function. As long as it's normal body function, then you're fine. But Dr. Gordon said, if you're going to not have a period, then I'll go see a doctor. Please go see a doctor. <laughs> you I, I want to make sure we're clear on that. We're talking. No. <laughs> That's why I laugh because as a pastor, you know, sometimes you'll say something to a person and then later on you'll hear, well, pastor also said, you don't have to do, and you're like, that's not what I said. So that's why I laugh because sometimes people, they hear it just the way they want to hear it. So like you said, you know, somebody will say, well, Dr. Boyd said, and we don't have a period, that could be okay, and I don't have to go to a doctor. Go to the doctors, ladies. Dr. Gordon didn't say you don't have to go. Go check it out to make sure that, you know, there, there are no underlying issues go on that's causing you to not have a cycle. Okay? So don't put that on Dr. Gordon. All right. Thank you for clearing that up, Dr. Gordon. Uh, you're quite well. I thought that was necessary. Now, as far as the sex drive goes, ah. Yeah, well, you're having changes in hormone levels throughout the um, menstrual period. And after pregnancy, essentially. I mean, estrogen levels are going up, estrogen levels are going down. So it is actually normal. Some women will have a higher sex drive before their periods or even during their periods. Um, so it's all about the hormone levels increasing in and even after pregnancy, again, everybody's different. So some people will experience a higher sex drive at those times, and it's completely normal. Okay. So let's, let's go into the area of this, because I, 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 I don't want them walking off with this either. So the fact mm-hmm. that you have a high sex drive. So now that we have established, ladies, that it is very normal to have a high sex drive because of your hormonal and estrogen shifting before your cycle or during your menstrual cycle is normal. Now that Dr. Gordon has said even after you have your baby because of all of the, you know, everything shifting around and going up and going down, there is a high sex drive. Should you be having sex right after your baby? Let's go. And we're going to come. With, I'm going to have. I wanted to do that next month. Because no, let, let's talk about this thing. Because you know, we didn't see some. Uh, how do they call it? Irish twins, and I, I, there's been some other stories that have been told for women who have jumped up into that high sex drive and ended up with some results that they did not want. So help us well, with that before you go. You only got a few minutes left. So what are we talking about, Dr. Gordon? We really want to just jump in and get did pregnant 
that quickly, but hey, it is certainly possible to get pregnant just a few weeks after you deliver. So that's why one of the things that we're doing, even if I'm seeing somebody during their pregnancy before they deliver, one of the questions I ask, even before the baby's out, is what's the plan for birth control when the baby comes out? Because having sex after that delivery, and if you don't have anything on board, there certainly is that possibility that you can get pregnant, even if you're breastfeeding. That is not a reliable fall birth control. Wow. Is that the word on the street, Dr. Gordon, that if you're breastfeeding, there's a possibility that you won't get pregnant? <laughs> so it's... I don't want to say yes, that's the <laughs> word on the street. <laughs> and there are some physiologic reasons behind that thinking. But okay. you can't use that as a reliable form of birth control. Is what I'm right? Okay. Don't okay. think I'm breastfeeding yeah. and I can't get pregnant. All right? So, no. Okay. You let's not think that. Um, and let's also okay. say, after delivery, some women may not necessarily want to have sex. And that's... Again, that's right. also normal. Right. All right. Um, right. And some, they want to jump back into the saddle two weeks, three weeks later. It all depends on how things went. If you had a C-section, you probably want to be careful with it. If you had some vaginal tears or something, again, you need to wait and just let everything heal. All right. So everybody's different. Generally, I think it would be a safe bet to say, give things about six weeks. Right, um, but that decision is to be individualized. But again, even those first six weeks, you can get pregnant. So, depending on whether or not you actually want to have another child almost immediately, you may have to make that decision on whether or not you want to have less control. All righty, all righty. So. Despite the fact that we're not talking about "quote unquote" pregnancy today, I wanted to definitely uh, broach the subject because we're talking about something that's very real. Um, you know, I've had three children, and I've had mix of mixed, you know, uh, experience. Like you said, sometimes it's like I don't want to be touched. I don't want to know nothing about that area. I just need to just focus on just getting better. Your body is just not feeling that. And then other times you can be very much in the other direction. And, um, you know, so you understand the risk um, of going ahead and, you know, doing whatever you need to do um, and having the possible results um, that you can have. So thank you for clearing that up for us, Dr. Gordon. (sighs) What else would you like to say about... I had a couple of questions, and I'm trying to find them. But what else would you like to say in regards to, you know, um, your disorders possibly or any disorders regarding your menstrual cycle and things you might want to look out for and what are some of the complaints or concerns that some of the women that you've treated have? Is there anything that comes to your mind um, oh, oh, here we go. One of the questions. Tampon usage. Now, is there a certain age 
We did a story last week um, here on the on the broadcast about some 12 and 13 year olds who wanted to use tampons. Is that something? Is there a safe age to start? Does it matter? What what, what would you say? I think it's more a matter of personal preference. Um, tampons are certainly safe to use. Um, the biggest thing is just making sure that it does not stay in longer than it's supposed to. Um, because okay. if someone actually keeps a tampon in for a long time, what's that? Not that that was my next question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's a matter of not leaving it too long because if it stays in for a long period of time, and I mean like days, um, then it can cause actually something called toxic shock um, just infection in the body. Right? So you, you don't want that. So tampons, just like pads, are changed every three, few hours, tampons should be changed as well. So I think that's the biggest thing there. Um, wait, wait, don't go anywhere. Being... Don't go anywhere. Wait, 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 wait. Don't go anywhere. Because we have to be very specific here. What is a normal range of time? And I do understand that it also depends on how heavy. But what? when should you change the 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 tampon. Give them a range, please, because you yeah, know how we it, do it. It's individualized. I mean, if it's the last few days of the period, the booty is not heavy, and someone just changes their pads twice during that period, and, um, during that day, and I think that's normal. That's fine. So it all depends okay. on that person okay. and where they are on their cycle. If they are having heavy bleeding and they're getting soaked, that's when it needs to be changed. So that could be every hour, every two hours, every five hours. It all depends on where you are and how much uh, the person is having. Okay, right? But okay. basically, you should okay. not be going a day or two and not changing the tampon. That's where we come up with the issues. All right. Okay. Now, you can continue. <laughs> um, so, the individualizing the choice to use a tampon. I think um, that comes in where a tampon involves inserting that inside of the vagina. So for someone who's younger who may not be sexually active, the thought might be they don't want to break the hymen. Um, so in that regard, if you're inserting something inside of the vagina, then you're certainly risking that from happening. Otherwise, it certainly is safe. Wait, say that again. Uh, for, Wait, say that again. You kind of dropped off. Hold on. Excuse me, Dr. Gordon. I'm sorry to stop you. Yeah, part of yeah, you, yeah. part of what you were saying dropped off. You were saying that, say, say that all over again. I only got part of what you said, and I don't want the listeners so, to have missed anything either. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. Um, so, yes, as I said, it's especially in someone who may not be sexually active. The thought of inserting something inside the vagina and risking breaking the hymen could be the issue there. That would be the scenario in which one might decide they don't want to use a tampon because they don't want to actually put something inside the inside the, uh, the vagina. Um, otherwise, it's completely safe to use, even in a small 13 year 
Okay. 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 Um, hold on. I got a question that's coming through. Oh, <laughs> somebody said, you know, if after you put the tampon in, if it's, if you're soaking on the opposite side of that, it's time to change. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, listeners. Um, okay. So a 12 or 13 year old who has not been sexually active, it's okay for them to actually use something that they're inserting. Again, it's an individualized choice, but it is safe. Okay, okay, just okay. That that's okay. That's that's the question. Okay, now they have this. Um, they have this back and forth regarding organic tampons versus the normal tampons. Is there a difference? Is it one safer to use? Can you tell us about that? You said organic tampon. Organic, yes. Did I, did I heard that right. Organic tampon. Uh, that actually didn't work for me. Yes. Um, I'd have to look into yes. this as far as the definition of an organic tampon. Um, so I really wouldn't be able to comment and tell you on that one there. I don't know what exactly means. Wow. Wow. We got one on you today, a question on you. Yeah, there there's been I would say maybe over the past year, year and a half, I've heard this chatter about organic tampons. And um I could I'll you know, we'll leave that for you. We can start off with that the next time we have our conversation. But yeah, you know, and, and, and part of me, I was asking because, you know, it's almost like the organic food, you know. At one point, you know, I was reading that, you know, quote-unquote organic food ain't organic, they were saying. You know, how would you know it's organic? And that's why I was asking about the tampon because I'm like, well, you know, of course they're going to charge you more, and all this, they're going to sell you into this belief system. So I would love to get that discussion going the next time we're together. Because, you know, if people are being misled, that's why you're here to help us out with, you know, with that. So, but yes, that is a thing. Organic tampons, Dr. Gordon. All right. Well, thank you for the education, and I hope to my part and further educated myself. Thank you for the question. I appreciate it very much. That's why I love the question and answer period, because it definitely helps us out. And that's why I always like to say word on the street, because this stuff gets, you know how it goes. It's like when we were kids and spread the news. You know, you start off with one little thing, and then by the time it gets down to the fifth person, if it even lasts that long, you know, all of the information becomes askewed. So how are we closing today with some of the things that you know um, women are talking about um, and regarding your menstrual cycle and so what you want to drive home that we really need to make sure we're not panicking about or we understand before you leave us today? 
So I think it's going to probably turn into my tagline, but as I've said many times in the show before, go see your doctor. At the end of the day, it comes oh, down all to right. Um, all righty. Not having a period, it could be physiologic, it could be pathologic. It could be due to a normal body function or it could be due to some disorder or condition. The way to figure that out is to go see your doctor. And I do not mean Dr. Google. Go see your actual <laughs> doctor. Thank you. Thank you. Or right. not Dr. Yeah, be... MD. Thank you. None of those. <laughs> if you want to start doing your education, that's fine. At the end of the day, even if you think you know what's going on, go see your doctor, please. Um, and then from there, we figure out the reason behind that. And if you're okay with it, then... We leave it as it is, as long as it's physiologic. If not, then we do the test and we do the treatment. And then we go from there. But it's all about figuring out what's happening. Somebody who's within childbearing age, the first thing we're going to rule out is pregnancy. They're not having a period. Um, and then we go from there. So it goes back Alrighty. to go see your doctor. All righty. Thank you so much, Dr. Gordon. Um, I want, before you go, I got you for like four more minutes. The question that, the other question that I had, and it may sound silly, but food, the food we eat while we have our cycle, can that affect your cycle? Um. I'm not a really aware of how food is affecting the amount of bleeding somebody's having during their cycle. Um, I think the okay. biggest connection that we have is between carbohydrates and fibroids. Um, and, of course, food affects okay. your body in, in many different ways, period. Um but I can't okay. pinpoint a specific disorder right now to really talk about as far as how food is specifically affecting the length of the period. Okay. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you so much. Boy, have you given us quite a bit of information regarding our menstrual cycles today, and we so appreciate your vast level of knowledge. We look forward to coming back to that question um, regarding organic versus normal tampons. And uh, we pray you have a blessed day, Dr. Gordon. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me, and thank you for the opportunity to speak to everybody. And it's a pleasure as always. All right, before you go... Um, please give us your contact information. All right. I can be reached uh, via email at drg at vbsurgicalarts.com. That's V as in dog, R as in Robert, G as in good, at V as in Victor, B as in boy, surgical, arts, yes, um, You can also reach me on Instagram at drgordon underscore cosmetic surgeon. I look forward to hearing from you. All righty. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day, Dr. Gordon. You're quite welcome.
All right. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, that was interesting. That was an interesting one. You know, I got my ladies on, and I would love to have some post-chatter about some of the information that we've gotten. So let's say good morning to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Monday, Monday, morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. Happy to hear that jingle. How are you doing over there? I am doing well. Always impressed by Dr. Gordon and the news that we hear, you know, because we as just individuals, we throughout the length of life, from the time you first enter the world of womanhood, you know, there there are degrees and levels <laughs> and conversations that we get into that, oh, because Big Mama says such and such that it applies to me. And you can see that, that that's clearly not always the case. Mm-hmm. And, you know, different, different levels, different type of situation, just because you have menstrual pain. You know, I remember back in the day, I got a headache. Here, you take this pill. Well, that's the pill that I'm taking, but that pill does, may not necessarily work for you. You know, you still have the same problems mm-hmm. or your problem worsens because you decided to listen to your girlfriend. So, you know, this is really good, healthy information that's vital and it's free. Right. So I love it. Absolutely. I don't think people understand how God is blessing us with providing us with, some, you know, someone who's not only knowledgeable but willing to come and clear up you know, not just educate us, but clear up any of, like you said, these old, you know, folk sayings, myths, and I always like to say word on the street, because you know how girls talk, you know how women talk, you know, and they they may think it's something, and, you know, people come up with their own little quirks, and now that becomes the belief system, Tamika, and it's like, yo, where did we get, you sometimes stuff you right. eat, like, where did that come, who was drinking when they said that? <laughs> when they said that one, you know, or again, we're talking about some, you know, down south, you know, backwoods, you know, um, remedies and, you know, rub this on your forehead, put this dime on your earlobe and <laughs> penny on your forehead. Come on, you know how it goes. It's like, where do we get this stuff from? And when I'm listening and I'm hearing, you know, adult women, like women in our age group, you know, actually talking about this stuff, you're like, oh, my gosh, boy, do we have to educate, you know, um, our people, you know. So let me ask you, what was one of the things that you heard today that was really an eye-opener for you? Like, wow, is that, was that something that I've listened to all these years? What was one of the things? Uh, I've got two but I'm going to stick with one because okay. somebody else may have. No, we can do it too. We, um, we got a couple minutes. We got a couple minutes. What's the first one? Um, that for some people, it's normal not to have a cycle. You know, I was always told, especially when you're taking um, uh, birth control for whatever reason, whether it's to avoid pregnancy or whether it is a hormonal issue, I was always told that when you use certain um, uh, 
um, contraceptive that anything that kept you from having a normal cycle was a problem because the body is supposed to do, you know. So I always thought that mm-hmm. if you didn't have a normal mm-hmm. cycle, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, and that was one of the reasons yeah. why I asked. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm agreeing. Tamika? Okay, I, I thought I lost you. I'm sorry, I didn't hear your last statement. It's okay. It's okay. No, I was saying I was in agreement with you, which is why I, I was really trying to press him, Dr. Gordon, because that's what I always heard. As soon as they know, oh, oh my goodness, you're taking that birth control and you're not going to have a, a period. Oh, my gosh. You, you, no, how about you going to be backed up? Did you hear that one? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah. I did. <laughs> oh, you think it's not? It is word on the street, is it? I wasn't the only one who heard it because we surely don't travel <laughs> in the same circle. And that's what I was. Oh my God, you gonna be backed up and oh, you know, because again, you know, that's what you were always taught. Like you said, you know that this is a monthly cleansing and blah blah blah, and you know your head was gonna explode if you that went through. You know, oh, I'm not gonna get. You know, um, um, on the cycle for three months, and you're like, "Oh my God!" So I'm, I'm glad I wasn't the only one who actually, and that's why I was like, "Please help us understand if this is normal, because if it is, it's it's a it's a relief to know." Now, I, that's something that I don't ever have to worry about again, but it's a relief to know at least when you hear it, you can say, um, "You know, well, here's the here's the real deal," you know. Someone who is a bona fide doctor says, and, you know, he doesn't seem to be a quack, so we don't have to worry about, you know, that um, issue either, okay? So what was the other thing you heard today that, you know, was like, oh, okay? Um, the, well, also, going back on that that you had mentioned or that we talked about, you know, I was always told that, you know, if, it, if you stop your cycle, it's going to come from someplace else. You're going to be bleeding from the nose, all of a sudden, hemorrhage in, in the brain. And, you know, it's just all kinds of, again, this is the stuff that we hear and we believe, you know, you got oh a headache and, oh, you need to go see the doctor nine times out of two. You on that pill and you ain't got no cycle and now your head is hurting. You have, you might be hemorrhaging, you know, it's just all kinds of chaos, you know, that, that we <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! And, and again, these wild wow. tales and things that we believe because we were told, oh, it, it, that's not a good idea. Um, the second thing that I was actually, I kind of giggled at because we have been told about organic um, tampons, you know, and oh, I giggled okay, because. Okay. Um, in my search of trying to stay healthy, you know, I bought into the what I consider a lie. It was just one particular product that I bought, and they said that it was organic. Well, I was like, okay, great. Let me try that. It was cardboard. And I was like, this, oh. this, so it, well, I might as well just go outside and get leave. You know, it's just, <laughs> just <laughs> like, you know, you want to stay healthy. You, you go into a store. And it has a sign saying organic, and you pick it up, and you pay twice the price 
but it's the same apple. Right. They just moved it from one side to yeah. the other side and put organic on it. So wow. we have to be very oh, careful. Wow. Also, you think about it, it's being ingested. It's going inside your body. So be very, very careful as to what it is, you know, that you're doing to yourself. And make sure, you know, if you need to, what's the problem with asking the doctor, hey, is this a good product for me? Right. Considering the fact they right, have all your research, right. they have all your information, it's helpful to just inquire that on your next visit. Hey, if that's what right. you're using, take it with you. Hey, is this going to work for me? Is it going to cause right. any problems? You know, is, is it going to affect something that I'm already having problems with? You know, that's, you know, it's something that's very right. important. Absolutely. And, you know, this one thing that um, I always laugh at, uh, Sister Gertie, she her tagline is, you know, I put it in her mouth, please don't try this at home. And for Dr. Gordon, he always, his tagline is, talk to your doctor, go to your doctor. And, and my thing is, We've, for the most part, women have become a little more educated and smart. We have been going to a GYN. At one point, oh, my gosh, that was like going to the dentist. People hated that. And, um, you know, the, the, I don't like to put my legs in the stubs and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, there, there's a bona fide fear for some people. But, you know what, at, at the end of the day, if fear is going to possibly kill you later, we're going to have to do something about this. So it, it is very refreshing to know that more women are seeing, you know, their, you know, uh, gynecologist. And my thing is if you've taken the time to see a gynecologist and you're comfortable with him or her, then, like you said, ask the question. When you go, ask the question. Or they've made it where you can kind of communicate with your doctor through those apps and, and things like that. Um, so utilize it, you know, utilize it and, and stop looking up stuff on the Internet and living by it because it's not necessarily for you. So, you know, go speak to your doctor or on that visit. You know, that's one of the doctors, unless there's something actually going on, we don't have to see, you know, we don't have to go very often. Um, it's not like for those of us who are diabetic. I have to go every three months, so I'm going to be looking at her regardless. <laughs> but, you know, for other doctors, we don't see, you know, the doctors very often. But when you do, you know, make sure you ask that question, like you said, because this person knows you. This person has your history. And now they may be able to ask you a different set of questions, and then you can now have some actual knowledge and not just this guessing game that's going on in your head or like you said your girlfriend or your sister or someone has you know has spoken to you um about this stuff um i thought the organic tampon was again like you said um you know what is this another way for them to get more money because again like i said to dr gordon that was the thing that I was reading about organic food. You know, yes, we do know that there's food that's organic, but not everything that's labeled organic ain't necessarily or is not necessarily organic. So now you go put a label on a tampon box, and I'm glad, you know, that at least you could give a an experience that you've had, um, but go to your doctor and ask about this, quote, unquote, organic tampon, you know, um, 
the PMS is what I laughed at, Tamika, because you know at one point, man, everybody and their mama, God, I'm PMS. I'm PMS. I'm PMS. I'm PMS. Or the men would love to say, right? The men would oh, I can't think of she's PMS. And, you know, it's like, do you even know what she's talking about? (laughs) Exactly. No, I'm not PMSing. You you just just picked me off just now. (laughs) That's right. Right. You ain't got nothing to do with me. It's about you. You know, um, what do you remember about this PMS um, conversation? Women in a stigma of if, Anything is affecting her, you know, anything other than happiness. It, oh, she's, she's, oh, she's feeling this, you know, she must be PMS. Wait a minute. You don't know what I'm going through. You know, you don't know that the last three days <laughs> I have been trying my best not to kill you because I'm going through these, these emotions <laughs> that I can't control. However, just because today, you know, I, my fit, my expression looks a certain kind of way, or I didn't respond to you the way that you like. Now all of a sudden I'm PMS, and so it it gave you that thing. In one in one instance, it gave you an out to be, but then it also gave you that you know, okay, I can't I can't do this, and I can't say that, and kind of put you in a little box. I can't be free to be me because as soon as I express myself, now it's oh she's PMSing. Wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's very true. It's very true. You know, it it did help explain some of the things that you were feeling. Um, and it put, you know, a, a little more, uh, you know, clarity to, okay, this could be something I'm going through. But like you said, it was then used as a weapon, whether it was from the woman who utilized that as, you know, an excuse or, you know, the box that people put you in because, you know, that's that's what they heard and that was the new thing and that was the answer to everything that you did. You know, so it was really um, really interesting to when I saw it on the list, I was like, Wow, this is something about BMS because I haven't heard that in years. Um, I guess as we get older <laughs> Other things become the topic of conversation. So, you know, certain things and, you know, you kind of move past. Let, let's see if Shanti, because she can, I'm sure she's got something amusing, Tamika, to say about Dr. Gordon's conversation today. We don't want to distract her from her switch tip too much. But good morning, Shanti. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, lady? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. Glad to hear you. well. So, what about Dr. Gordon's conversation today regarding the menstrual cycle, you know, kind of caught your attention? Well, I, I believe God is very strategic because when you announced what he would be speaking on specifically this morning, I was like, God, you need to stop. Because that's me right now. Um, so <laughs> I was like, I need to make sure I, I pay attention because in the midst of you, you know, being on your menstrual cycle, sometimes you don't pay attention to certain things until after the cycle has been completed. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I remember last week, you know, I was feeling such and such or I couldn't do such and such. 
so on and so forth. So I just think I was very strategic. Um, what I really love that he said, and like you said, I know um, Sister Gertie, you know, she keeps repeating it, and it's so true, and I have to get out of the habit of it, is stop consulting with Dr. Google and Dr. WebMD <laughs> because you end up killing yourself. I can't tell you how many times I've, like, died in my head or I've passed out because I've read something. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And, you know, you something could be going on, you know, with your body that could possibly lead to something a lot more severe and serious if you do not go to the doctor and address it and take care of it. Or some things are really not that serious, but because you've read some things, you ain't have no business reading and you're diagnosing yourself along with Dr. Google and Dr. WebMD. You just, like, died for, like, a good five minutes. So I, I was really happy that, um, you know, he <laughs> he brought that up. And um, really interesting to hear about the, um, you know, even though he didn't go too in-depth, but I like the way he touched on it, um, with the, the hormonal changes and the sex drive leading up to and during your your menstrual cycle because that was something that kind of had me in a teeth. Like, why is it that you're feeling certain things, not only during, but leading up? And I think you mentioned it, Pastor Steph. Like, the older you get, I feel like my body really changes from month to month now versus when I was younger with my menstrual cycle. It's like my body gives me different it talks to me differently leading up to when my menstrual cycle is starting versus before. Like, before you just get the cramps and that's it. Now it's like different things is happening right before and during. And it's like, all right, is it really supposed to be all these kind of changes? Like, sometimes it's annoying. Sometimes it's a headache. But, again, you know, realizing that these are just normal things that happen with our body. Every woman's body is different. So I, I really like the way Doc, Dr. Gordon really touches on certain things. Don't talk to Dr. Google. All right. <laughs> okay, before you go, so we can give you a little break to go finish up your switch tip, if need be. Um, what about the organic tampons? Had you heard anything about that? I did, and I, for one... Have I tried to use one, uh, I believe, in my late 20s and almost passed out? I was never oh. a fan of it. Yeah, no. No, I was working. I was still working at, at, at the Cheesecake Factory, and I called myself wanting to be grown. And, you know, you hear a lot, oh, you, you wearing... You wearing, you still wearing diapers? Why are you wearing pads and da 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 and all this crazy stuff? And I was, you know what? Let me just try one. Maybe it'll help, you know, with the flow. And back then, at Cheesecake Factory, you have to wear all white. So I was like, well, maybe this will help to calm my nerves. I won't be so paranoid that I'll leak if I put a tampon on. I had that thing on for about 3.5 minutes. Had to go right back and take it out, it was not working for me. So I've never been a fan of, of tampons, but I have heard that supposedly, oh, you got to get the organic. And, and all I saw was a box with a stick and a string hanging out. So I was really curious as to what the difference was. <laughs> like, what do y'all see when y'all look at the regular, what is it, tampon? 
versus a green box right. that has organic on it. Like, what what happens with your eyes? Do you, like, fall in love? Do you see hearts? Or do you, I never understood what, you know, the difference. And just like Lady Tamika said, and that's one of the reasons why I never really, I was never a fan of it, one of the main reasons. The thought of inserting something into my body that I can't give a complete um, explanation as to what this is, from inside out, top to bottom, side to side, front to back. As to what this is that I'm inserting in me, yeah, no. Mm-mm. And then see, I've heard, I've heard horror stories. The string came out, the, girl, the woman couldn't get out. See, all that? No, 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 no. It's like, give me my pads. <laughs> I know how to work those. You know, now, now they got, they've gotten very advanced with their wings. See, all that I can get with. I, I ain't gotta worry about losing no, no flap of the, uh, of the wing. On the past and none of that, no, I'm I'm all right. So all this fancy stuff, y'all can have that. Mm-mm. Well, not y'all specifically, but women, you know. <laughs> and you know, I'm you know, I, I have to say that there was a time, you know, that I've never been a heavy, I never had heavy, real heavy cycles. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, more towards the time when, as I got a little older, um, closer to my forties. I did um, get a little heavy, and and I I always had very short. After after my second daughter, it was three days in and out. That was it, and I was like, yes. Um, and for a person who didn't have heavy cycles anyway, you know, sometimes it would be heavier. I did, I did you know at one point I would use tampons, and there were no there was no problem. Um, I was concerned, I don't know if you remember, Tamika, because you're a little older than Shantice, when they had to pull Rely, the brand of Tampon Rely, off the market. They pulled it off the market because a few women had gotten the toxic shock syndrome. They, they, would, um, they died. Do you remember that? Unfortunately, I don't remember that. I, I'll be oh, honest, okay, I okay. do remember when there was only one brand, and it was Kotex, and those things okay. were huge and uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, and yeah, yeah. I, I was a child wearing them because I got, I got my cycle very, very early, and it was very, very uncomfortable, and so, you know, again, know what's right for your body, pay attention to your body, you know, and, and Shantice is very right, you know. A lot of times you may not notice, you know, things until afterwards. Um, if you're married, you know, um, ask your spouse, you know, he, he, he will notice, you know, hey, you know, you know, like for me, I get this warning. My back starts to hurt, you know, so I know my cycle is coming or, you know, there may be something that was different and I don't pay attention to it prior to, but, you know. He'll let me know, you know, he, ask your spouse, is, is there something that was different? Did you notice something about my mood? You know, they notice a lot more than you think that they do. And so especially when you live in a household with anybody, you know, if, you, if you've got a sibling in the house, you know, um, especially a female, she'll be a lot more astute to tell you, you know, you did such and such, you know, such and such and such and such, you know, and pay attention. If you can, get a, get a, get a diary of, of your cycle, you know, so that you know, okay, well, these are warning signs. You know, sometimes we don't pay attention to the warning signs or we don't notice that something shifted between this month and last month. You know, it's important to, to, to get that down. You know, they have apps now. You don't want, well, you don't want to write it down. You, you carry your phone everywhere else. You go, why not get the app? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you something. 
as a mother of three girls, child, I always knew when a cycle was coming around because everybody <laughs> would be shifting on me. And I'm like, oh, goodness, so, so about to get this. And do you know, I read, and we're going to um, go to Shantice and do her switch tip in a minute, but I definitely wanted to put this out there. A word on the street was women in the home would get, eventually their cycles would meet. And I don't know how true mm-hmm. this was, but I have uh-huh. to tell you, it happened in this house. It happened in this house. And remember now, these girls are not stair-step. You've got five years between the first two and eight years between the, the last two. So eventually, they all ended up at the beginning of the month. And I was like, whoa. But I could tell you, prior to that, you could see the mood swinging. Man, like clockwork. I was like, oh. Hallelujah. It's that time. It's that time. So, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing how, um, oh, oh, Dr. Gordon is listening. All right. He just sent me a text that says, everybody, hold on. Saint cycles are a thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, that's yeah. not just word on the street. Sync cycles. Remember, everybody oh. kind of coming together and having cycles at yes. the same time. And that's why I said I found it extremely interesting because, you know, okay, you know, you think sync cycles as, as uh, Dr. Gordy um, has termed it or as it's termed, you know, and like I said, for the three of them, because, again, if I've got five years, and eight years, ain't nobody thinking that eventually they're going to match. But sure enough, everybody moved to the beginning of the month. And I was like, wow, this is, there is some truth. Well, it's a thing, everybody. Dr. Gordon has put his stamp on it. Thank you, Dr. Gordon, for just letting us know. Look at the, I mean, even after he's given us information. All right. So, oh, well, hold on. He says the mood swings are evidence of the hormonal shift. Hold on, hold on. The mood swings are evidence of the hormonal shift affecting your psychiatry. All right. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. All right. So we we are still getting some valuable information even after Gordon is off the air with us. So thank you so much, Dr. Gordon for helping us with that and securing that information. All righty, Lady Tamika, thank you so much for our post-conversation. I appreciate you hanging out with me this after, this morning. All right. He says, so PMS so is real. You're welcome. He says, PMS is real. We just have to be careful not to weaponize it. Ah, there you go, Tamika. Absolutely. Don't weaponize the PMS. It's, it's it's something that's real, but we don't have to use it as a weapon. All right. Have a blessed day. Tamika, thank you so much for joining me this morning. All right. Well, well, well. It is now time for the switch tip with Shantice. Oh, what you got for us this morning, Shantice? Today we have the switch with Shantice. Will we make the switch from the streets? Through our godly feet, and our switch tip 158 is let Jesus make your choices. 
the definition of choice, an act of selecting or making a decision when faced with two or more possibilities. And a few synonyms for choice is alternative, solution, or way out. And I thought those were really, really good synonyms to highlight for the switch tip. Now, in order to let Jesus make your choices, you have to be humble enough to know that you don't know what you're doing. And that's something that I've been having to say to God out loud for the past two weeks. God, I do not know what I'm doing when he brings certain situations up, when he tells me I have to do something. Oh, my God, now that he is really highlighting why I have to make sure I stop and continue to kill something that I always used to do and keep keep dead. Like, don't go try to resurrect that. And I'm like, okay, God, I kind of know what I'm doing, but I'm going to just be, be honest with you. I don't know what I'm doing. And way, way, way back, God gave us a switch tip. Be honest with God. The verse that I keep having to fall back on, Every time I come to God when he's saying, go talk to somebody or come talk to me about this or whatever, or when it's time for me to make the choice to do something, James 1.5 in the message version reads, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. And last night I was in here minding my business, cleaning, working on a machine, you know, multitasking the way Jesus taught me to. And it was a certain situation that when it first occurred, it involved me. Then out of nowhere, it started bothering me. And I'm like, you know, God, I don't know why it's bothering me. I don't want to think about this. I don't want to care about it. And it just kept ringing. And, you know, I was talking to God about it. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should go talk to my pastor about it. And I was like, no, because I don't feel like talking about it. But you know what? I say, I don't... I, I know I need to get this out of my mind, but God, how can I get this out of my mind? And you know what? Instead of me being prideful, because in order for you to have humility, you have to get rid of the pride. I went and I consulted with my pastor. I spoke to her about the situation. And a part of me felt kind of stupid, like, why are you even talking about this? Because I already knew what to do. I just didn't know how to do it for some reason. It was just like, okay, maybe if I get some tips on how to get to the choice I need to make, then maybe it will just help me. I can have a peace of mind. And I spoke to her, and she listened, and she responded the way I knew she would respond with a question. Like, why are you asking me a question? I'm coming to you with an answer. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing this. But because, like God, she helps you to think even more. And, you know, your your own flesh and the enemy will always make you feel stupid for getting help, you know, for consulting the people who know more than you. It's like, why? Especially if it's something that has, you know, occurred in the past. Because why are you going back? Well, you should know this already. You're going to look stupid. But, um, excuse me, the verse just said, he loves to help. You'll get his help. It won't be condescended to when you ask for it. And I must say, I didn't feel like I was being spoken down to. I didn't feel like you know, walking away from that, like, oh, my gosh, she think I'm stupid. It's like, why can't she get this together? Listen, I didn't know what I was doing. So I went and I asked for the help. And I'm happy that I did because even though I already knew, kind of knew what was being said, I just needed that extra confirmation. And I felt a whole lot more peace 
after that. So you really have to make sure when you allow Jesus to help you make those decisions, whether they're easy, whether they're hard, don't allow yourself or the enemy to try to convince you that you don't need the help to make the choices that you need to make. Okay, Isaiah 30, 21, New Living Translation reads, Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you a voice will say, This is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. And I must say that I, in the past, have been blessed with the ability to hear Jesus. I know one time I was hot, getting ready to walk about the church, and as soon as I put my foot on the outside of that door, all I heard was real loud what you walking away from. And I was like, hey, about faith real quick. I was still mad. But if I if I heard that, that was Jesus helping me to understand. Realize the choice that you're about to make. So are you going to follow you or are you going to follow me? And another blessing is when we can feel and hear the Holy Spirit very, very, very clearly. And a lot of times we suppress the Holy Spirit and we don't really realize the blessing that we're suppressing because not a lot of people can say that they can feel or hear the Holy Spirit leading them or preventing them from doing something. So you, this verse is very, very true. You will feel and hear and see Jesus guiding you. And again, you have to make a choice as to whether you're going to allow your flesh to choose or Jesus to choose for you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 7, message version reads, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. And 99.9% of the time, we make the choices for ourselves. It will always result in us running too evil because we are leaning on our own understanding because we are trusting in ourselves and our own heart. And the Bible speaks about how our hearts really are. So we really have to make sure we're making a conscious decision of making the switch for making choices on our own, thinking and hearing and, and seeing and speaking through our flesh and making room for Jesus to make the choice of our lives for us. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Shanti. One more time, the title of your switch tip. Let Jesus, I'm sorry, let Jesus make your choices. Let Jesus make your choices. Thank you so much, Shanti, for your words of wisdom. And uh, we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get that benediction. Oh, we're going back to the old school. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. That's Jude 24 and 25. Now to him who is able, again, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. You know, Chantis, you know, she talked about the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I really don't think we understand 
how blessed we are to actually have this gift that is and should be the GPS of, GPS of our lives. You know, you want to make sure that, you know, when you're supposed to go east, you go east. And when you're supposed to go west, you go west. When you're supposed to go straight, you go straight. When you, you know, need to turn, you turn. And and that's the gift that we've been given. You know, Shanti says, let Jesus make your decisions. You know, when you decide to concede to the spirit of the Lord, you have no idea what life is like. When you don't have to figure out what you need to do, when you don't have to worry about whether what you do will have, you know, some negative consequence or not negative consequence, consequences or consequences, whether you have some negative consequence, I'm sorry, whether you'll have consequence, negative impact or success. That's what I want to say. You know, are we going to be smashed by our decisions? Is that decision that the enemy helped you make? Because the enemy cannot make us do anything but that the enemy helped you make, are we going to now suffer the consequence of that decision? And that's a decision you have to make before you make the decision. So, you know, with this advice this morning, with this guidance this morning, with the counsel this morning that says, let Jesus make your decision, man, Life is a whole lot easier because once you trust God to make that decision, once you trust Jesus to make that decision, one thing you know is that you'll never go wrong. Nah, he's never failed me yet. And I can guarantee you that anybody else who has allowed Jesus to make that decision, they have the same testimony. He's never failed me yet. And and I'll, I'll tell you what it is to listen to the leading of the Lord. If I don't know if you all remember last week, if you were listening, I closed out saying, you know, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday. And I closed out saying that, you know, the Lord had gotten to me and told me going forward, just Back up a minute. Don't answer. Even if you know what I want you to do, don't jump out there and say anything. Make them wait. Well, I have to tell you, during the show, I got a text message for for me to call someone, and they had forgotten that I was on the uh, the broadcast. So afterwards, I, I did give them a call, and they asked, me a question that the Lord had already not answered me on. So in other words, it was some guidance that I was looking for. I had not heard from the Lord regarding this thing, and I understood it. I understood that I was in my waiting period, that the season for everything to be put together was at that time. And sure enough, the person's asking for some information. And immediately I was like, wow, did God not tell me this a moment too soon? Because had I 
you know, had I tried to give an answer, then there would be a shift in what God was putting together. Yeah. Because see, now I'm now, you know, kind of focusing somewhere else instead of just kind of flowing with the Lord. And see, people don't know me very well. I have learned my lesson from doing my own thing. Oh, trust me. And I said, no way am I going to ever do my own thing again. And, you know, it's easy to even say that um, because when, you know, you just know when God tells you to do something, you move or you just do it. But there is also a period of time when God, or at times God will tell you to do something, but it's not right then. And when God gave me that global, um, you know, directive, do not answer, you, you step back a minute. And even if it's 24 hours, then you give the answer. Yes, you could have given the answer when they asked or, you know, when uh, the, at that time, but I don't want you to do that anymore. And that might be only for a short season. I don't know. Next week, he might tell me to do something different. He might tell me to go back to the way it was done. However, whatever it is, however long it is, I'm letting Jesus make my decisions. And, boy, when I tell you that was some timely information right there, I was like, whoa, not, no, I mean, I just said it in my closing. And right afterwards. I got a question, and I'm like, wow. And I have to tell you all, since then, I've left some things on the table. And on my revisit, God has come through. And I know God would not have come through the same if I had said something immediately. So, again, it, it doesn't necessarily mean good, bad, right, wrong, or indifferent. It just, it, it also, it's also teaching me just to wait on God. Just wait, Stephanie. There's no rush to this thing. Unless I tell you to move immediately, you don't let anybody else rush you for anything. Because if you've already said that you're waiting for my, to take my lead, then are you really taking my lead if you automatically give an answer? You know, and, and it doesn't mean, oh, I have to pray on this thing. It doesn't mean that either. But it just means just waiting on God for further clarity. That is something that I definitely understand as well. So I tell you, when you, when you have that relationship with God, you know, as I've been saying in my closing, strengthen. Take time to strengthen that relationship with the Lord. That's, that's golden because what happens is once we accept Christ as our personal Savior and we feel we're walking that Christian walk, you know, we're, we just coast. A lot of times you just coast. You don't, you know, reach out to get that, um, to get that strength that you need to get that reassurance that you need to just ensure that whatever you're doing is what God wants you to do now. Because like I said, you will go through seasons in your life. And 
stop letting people determine when you make the shift. If God is telling you to shift today, then be ready to shift today. It doesn't mean that what you were doing before is wrong. It just means I'm shifting you right now. It just means I'm just turning the tide because now you're going to be doing some new things. Now you're going to be representing me in a different, you know, uh, in a different manner. Now I'm elevating you. Or sometimes we actually have to step back and move forward a different way. So you know what? If you pay attention to God, like I do, I'm very in tune to what the Lord gives me. I'm, I'm, I'm serious about that. I, I cannot allow what other people do, how other people do it, some cliches other people say, you know, things that people live by. It, it, it's not necessarily for Stephanie and, and vice versa. Certain things that I do and God is keeping me away from and it's logical to do things this way or you don't do things that way. You know, that's for Stephanie. It may not be for you. And I, I can tell you right now, I'm very different from a lot of people I know. Doesn't make me better. Makes me different. I hear different things from the Lord. I feel different things from God. I'm giving different direction from the Lord. And I don't play when it comes to God. If the word of God says it, I'm doing it. If the word of God is silent, I'm going to the Lord on it, and I'm silent until he gives me direction. I do not gallop with the gang. I don't care how many people are doing it. I don't care what tradition says. I don't care what custom says. I don't care how long. If you've been doing this since you were born, I don't care. I'm listening for the now God because God is evolving. This world is changing, and God has to teach me how to move in order to meet this dying world. And it may not mean the same way as I did it yesterday. And until we understand that when this world is revolving and evolving, that we have to evolve and revolve in a different manner, that's what that and that's only the time when we'll be in sync with God. Make sure you follow what God wants you to do. You've been listening to It's Duke Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank our Dr. Pierre Gordon again for coming through big time for us. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Oh, please do not miss this opportunity to, you know, accept Jesus as your personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God says, where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday, we are going to be discussing HBO miniseries, Love and Death, the finale. Oh, God spares our life. Until then, I love you.